Hey team, it's Matt Drinkon here. And you might have heard, my brand new book releases on Amazon on March 8th. It's been a labor of love that I think can really help you navigate some of the challenges you're experiencing in your own life. I go over toxic positivity and how to think you're in it for everyone else. In reality, you're in it for yourself. And I express that through this entire book and help learn from our own mistakes and how to turn the lens on ourselves and ask good questions. So go to Amazon on March 8th and you can get the Kindle version for only 99 cents. Just search for the book title, The Eternal Optimist. It's never too late. And you can download it directly to your device. That's it for me. Let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Eternal Optimist podcast. I'm your host and anchorman, Matt Drinkon. And at the end, I want you to stay classy out there wherever you are. Talking about classy and talking about finding a way to make things happen. Here's a story today of figuring out by any means necessary how to rise to the challenge. Check out this entry point into adulthood. My guest today, Josh Painter, he and his girlfriend got pregnant at 17. They got married. Another child came at 20. And then he begins to work at a jail as a corrections officer. And over the next few years and a few jobs, he lands in the mortgage industry. And as he goes bankrupt, he goes through a divorce. And then he learns real humility and continues the grind. The next step, the magic happens. He learns how to say yes to the possibilities emerging around him. And his career takes a fairy tale like twist as he becomes a real estate titan. He shares in this discussion his rock bottom, his struggle and grind, then his rise to success how he did it, his magic formula. He also shares his first book entitled Best Version Ever that launched on November 29th this year, already a bestseller. Josh is cool. If for anything else, listen to this podcast because his voice is so relaxing and smooth. It's deep, it's mesmerizing. And if you check out the YouTube revisiting this, you'll see that Josh also has a really cool background where he has on display his Pearl Jam and other music that he loves. Josh is an amazing man with an amazing story, and I hope you really enjoy this story today from my new friend, Mr. Josh Painter. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Eternal Optimist Podcast, the show for optimists by optimists. This is the show for people who see the good in the world and want to make a positive difference in the lives of their families and communities. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories that will get you thinking bigger and playing more offense in life. With your host and high-performance coach, Matt Drinkon. And with that introduction, I would love to introduce you to my new friend, Mr. Josh Painter. Josh, welcome to the show. How are you today? Thanks, man. Happy to be here. Looking forward to having a chat with friend. Damn it. I just got to say, you have like the coolest voice for radio and just seeing you now in the video. You're like the coolest person. So unassuming. I would not have assumed that you are someone that's massively successful in business. And I know you're pretty humble too, so you may not give yourself that credit. But I just got to say, man, it is so easy to talk to you. Have you ever heard that before from people? Yes. So thank you for that. It's interesting. I always gotten the, the radio voice comment. It hasn't really come in 
handy until recently. I just got done recording my audiobook and it was so much fun. There was a part of me that was like, I could do this again, but I don't think it pays much at all. There's a girl on Instagram that I follow because she does voice type stuff and she's super interesting and I actually found her because of Groves. But I asked her, I said, how do audiobook readers get jobs? And she just said, they don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that, that answered that question, man. I'm probably too old to become a DJ. So I'll just use it for my own audiobook and talking to you. Awesome. Well, we've got a number of directions to go today. And one of them, we always go to challenges and help people see that others have overcome stuff. So I want to go to some challenges today. Uh, before we get to that, though, I like to have a little fun because I met you through a very interesting friend of mine named Scott Grove, and I had the most interesting conversation with him. So I'm curious if you could give us a little bit of insight. Anything about Scott Grove that makes you smile? Scott, he's one of the smartest guys I know. And uh, Scott, if you're listening, you're spending way too much time arguing on the internet. You're not going to change their minds. They don't care. They love you for who you are. And uh, they're probably going to keep thinking the way that they want to. But that's my uh, take on Scott. He's one of the smartest, coolest guys I know. I actually met him. I mean, let's just segue right into uh, butterfly effect, right? And how one decision can just affect your life in so many ways. Back in, it must have been 2015, I had coffee with a total um, We're not so, talking about Scott. This is, no, this is I'm not. So, you know, I started as a real estate agent and there was a guy in the office and this story is actually in the book, but there was a guy in the office that just wasn't very nice to everyone. And so one time I walked into his office and I had an offer from a buyer and I said, Hey man, I got an offer on your listing. And he said, well, can you email it to me? And I was like, wow, really? Yeah. Just email it to me. That's what the instructions are. So uh, years later, in like 2015, he texts me out of nowhere and he's like, hey, man, we should grab coffee sometime. I made time and I meet him for coffee. And he says, he just starts talking to me out of nowhere about like, oh, you should start a real estate team and you should check out these real estate coaches over here, right? Like check out what they're doing. And so I thought, okay. So I check out what these guys are doing and they're having an event in Dallas, Texas. I'm bear with me. I'm getting somewhere. So I go to this event in Dallas and there's a speaker on stage and he's talking about like overcoming obstacles and the importance of having a morning routine. His name was Hal Elrod. And I didn't talk to Hal at the event, but I did see Hal checking out of the hotel and I noticed that he and I lived in the same exact city, which was Temecula, California at the time. Neither one of us lived there. But I thought that's an odd coincidence. I bet no one else here in Dallas lives in Temecula, California. So when I got home, I messaged Hal and I said, hey, man, just got back from the event. Notice we both live in Temecula. If you ever want to get together or anything. And then Hal writes back, what's your phone number? And I thought the strange reply, but here's my phone number. So he calls me and he says, hey, man, I'm doing this event in San Diego. You should really come. I didn't want to go. I was all evented out for the year. It was the end of the year. Didn't really feel like it. But something said, all right, this guy's asking. So I buy a ticket and uh, I actually bought two tickets and I dragged one of my friends down there. And it was hilarious because I remember Hal and John saying, if you guys don't like this event, not only will we refund your money, but we'll pay you for your time having wasted like 100, 200 bucks, something absurd. So me and my friend Justin go through half the first half of the day. And it's absurd. I mean, it's like, just this horrible event. There's lots of hugging, dancing, white people doing aerobics and stuff. It was just weird. And so my friend Justin and I, we almost left, but I was like, yeah, let's just go back for the second half of the day, right? So then one of our mutual friends, John Broman, did a speech the second half of the day. So 
we end up staying the rest of the, the event was amazing i think hal and john would both admit they had no idea what they were doing the first half that's okay so the end of the second night some of us go out to dinner and i find myself sitting across from scott groves and we become great friends and so just from saying yes to coffee with an a-hole I met Scott and we ended up starting a little business together, becoming friends with Hal, John, and I'm on your podcast because I said yes to that coffee in 2015 because I wouldn't have met you if it wasn't for all the people we just named. Hal, the moral of the story, there could be so many, but one of them might be that you just said yes and you tried something that you maybe didn't want to do. Your gut instinct was just to shut the guy down. Let's not have coffee with an a-hole. But you did, and then that led to meeting Hal, and then it led to eventually, I'm assuming you're going to the best year ever blueprint. That's the event you went to in San Diego. Correct. Uh, and I think that may have been their first year running it. It and was. And they were bombing it at first, and then mm -hmm. they crushed it. And then you met Scott, and now it's my privilege to meet you. All yeah. kinds of stuff. Yeah. Huh. I ask everybody, like, hey, how many steps back can you go? that brought you to like even listening to this podcast right this minute, right? Like how far back can you go to where you go? How did I get connected to Matt and his podcast? You know, why am I listening to this right now? Or maybe me, right? Maybe they saw me promoting it and they're listening it, to it right now. So it's always an interesting thought experiment of how far back you can go and find really the most, what seems like the most inconsequential decision. And it changes your whole life, right? Because I've made so many friendships. Matter of fact, your editor, Hector, who's going to be doing this, I met him at those events too. So, wow. Yeah. Amazing. And it, it was some of the inspiration for my book. There's good stories in there from some of those friendships and whatnot. And now I do an event a few times a year. And a lot of that's based on things that I've learned from those various events. Well, I love to talk about your event that you do. I love to talk about your book. I really have focus on the book because I'm really drawn. And it magnetizes me to the title of the book. One more question before we go to the book. Mm -hmm. In your background is one of my favorite bands of all time. You have Pearl Jam on the background. And when I was in college in the 90s, Pearl Jam was at their height. One of my friends has a Pearl Jam tattoo on his calf muscle. So I'm curious, is Pearl Jam your favorite band? Pearl Jam is my favorite band of all time. If any of my friends are listening right now, they're rolling their eyes because they're like, here we go. The rest of the interview could just us talking about Pearl Jam. I think I've seen them 12 times. I would have been 14, but they canceled two this year. Like I remember, which just makes me think of Scott again. Scott's favorite band of all time is Guns N' Roses. I remember being like the end of junior high school and asking my mom if she would buy me the Use Your Illusion 1 cassette, right? And her saying like, well, there's a parental advisory thing. I don't think your dad would be cool with that. And so like Pearl Jam's 10 was kind of like my runner up of like, you know, I've seen one of their videos. This seems like it could be a cool band. How about this cassette? And then I just like took it home and wore it out until CDs came in. But yeah, man, I've got every single thing they've ever released on vinyl. I've traveled to Seattle to see him twice. I've traveled to Chicago to see him at Wrigley Field. And then, uh, yeah, if I could retire and just follow their tour around, that'd be cool. And then I have a crazy story in my book about meeting Eddie Vedder, which... I know. I guess I could tell that story. Well, yeah, I want to get to the book, but give us a little bit of history on Josh Painter and what led up to the book before we go into it. What drew you or led you to write a book in the first place, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a simple yet complicated answer, right? Like sometimes you go a few years and you think, oh, I've got a book in me or I'd like to write a book. And I'm so glad that I didn't write a book seven years ago when I first 
thought about it because I think I always thought that since I was in real estate that it would have something to do with real estate. And now I'm just like, oh God, that's so boring. But you know, with started with me going to like personal development events and I noticed that a lot of them tended to have the same outcome, right? You go there, you listen to a bunch of speakers. A lot of times they're selling things from the state. You might leave with some motivation, but oftentimes you just like write inspirational notes in these notebooks and then you throw them on your shelf, right? Like gut stacks. So I wanted to create an event where there's no like inspirational speakers or anything. It's more of an all day workshop exercise of setting massive goals and then not just setting them, but planning out how you're going to achieve them, what habits you're going to create and taking the first massive action while you're at the event. So nobody leaves without taking an action. Anyway, how did the book come about? Last year, I asked for feedback. And one of the things that I had gotten most was, hey, love this event, love the things that we did and the exercises would love to know more of the why and why it works. And I just kind of connected the dots of like, oh, I had been wanting to write a book. Why don't I expand on this one day event and turn it into a book? I mean, it's kind of like a personal development mixtape, right? Like we all recommend 10 to 15 different books. And I thought, what if I could narrow that down to one, (laughs) you know, or anybody who wanted to know how to get started and things that have worked for me, I could just boil it all down into one book. I love that. I think you're really connecting with half of our audience when you say personal development mixtape. The other half's like, what the freak is a mixtape? But I'm with you. You've got a compilation of things around personal development. And I'd love to even ask you and go back to the event. When did your event start? And tell us more about your event. Yeah, it started with me kind of, again, going to events, expecting one thing, but leaving with disappointment, wanting to actually create a plan and start these and leave with strategies. And more or less, I had left a few events thinking like, okay, that speaker said some cool stuff, but what am I going to do? And so I just decided to create the event, the event that I had been looking for myself. And so I did a lot of reading, a lot of studying, a lot of dialing things down. And then it started with me just inviting like maybe 15 friends over to my house and just kind of doing like a half day run through, you know, everyone had a good time. And I don't know that I thought much of it until a month or two later when like just people were like, dude, I've lost 15 pounds or because of this. Or one guy was like, he wanted to get back into motocross racing. And so he and I kind of like set up this plan of like, well, what would you need to do? Well, I'd need to like build my strength back up. It's like, okay, well, how would you do that? Oh, I'd go to the gym. Okay, cool. And then how would you get back into racing? Well, I'd need to like get this practice schedule. So we set up this whole thing. And then that must have been like, let's just call it a Wednesday. He just blows everybody away, right? He comes on Monday and he's like, yeah, I just entered a race and I won all three of them. And we're like, what? It was cool that he set a plan, but then also at the same time, he was so motivated to do it. He just went for it. And so that turned into an annual event. And then last year was the first year I opened it up to the public, like actually just posted about it. I didn't do anything more than one Facebook post and Eventbrite invite. And we got 53 people. And I mean, one person quit her job on the spot. One of our friends, Rob, just came to the realization after we went through some of the exercises that he wanted to start a family. And that was in December. And then in February, he came home and uh, there was a box on the table. And he opened the box on the top. There was a note from his fiance and it said, 
congratulations on crushing all of your goals this year. And he was like, what? And he looks underneath and there's some positive pregnancy tests. And they just had their child last month. And that was crazy, man. That was from the event in December. I don't know if I'm getting off track, but that's kind of where the event came from. And then turning that into a book for people that aren't ever going to come to a live event, but being able to like go through some of those exercises. Well, I love that you can share some results already. And I can tell that it's not just something that sounds pretty. It's designed to get you thinking, planning and taking action. So I'd love to take us on the journey and sharing when does it come out? How do we get it? And tell us about it, please, Josh. Sure thing. So the book is called Best Version Ever. And as you might imagine, it is geared towards becoming your best version, the best version of yourself, right? You know, Matthew Kelly says that our life's purpose is to become the best version of ourselves. It comes out November 29th, 2022. You can just go to bestversionever.com and you'll be led to the book sales page, which of course, very soon it will be on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and all those places. But yeah, I mean, I started right after my event. I got enough feedback that, okay, this is something people would be interested in. Yeah, it was quite the journey. Fantastic. And now, a short break to hear from our sponsor today. Are you looking for some cool tunes to celebrate the holiday season? Such classics as, The weather outside is frightful, and oh, so delightful. And if you know place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Yes, that's right. You can get Matt Drinkon's collection of holiday songs, sung always accurately-ish, to the festive tunes that you know and love. Order today. Disclaimer, if you order today, you likely won't receive this until March or April, if ever. This is not a real anthology, and if you do attempt to order, you probably won't get very far. So I encourage you to go and get some real music like Michael Buble, Mariah Carey, or someone else. Thanks so much, and now back to the show. Well, what's something that, if I read this book, and by the way, the title had me at Hello, So I'm getting it. No matter what you're about to say, I'm going to get the book because I just, I'm attracted to that being the best version ever. Let's say someone like me who really has a drive to be the best version of myself. I get this book. What makes it different or better? Just what's the thing about it that you think I might take away from it? There's so many kind of leads down a path, right? The subtitle is the magic of becoming extraordinary. And magic is actually an acronym that we use in the book. So the M is mindset. A is aim. The book starts off with mindset, right? You've got to move your thinking and really use stories and kind of evidence to see that almost anything you can imagine, or if you've seen someone else doing it, that's the proof that it can be done, right? And then we go to the A, which is aim, and just figuring out, like using this process to kind of go, what are the goals? What do I want to achieve? The G is game plan. And that whole chapter is about actually planning out those goals and how you're going to achieve them and steps that you're going to take. The I is immersion. If you want to do something new, you really have to immerse yourself in the whole thing. You know, I did that with even like learning drums, right? I threw myself into the community and finding message boards and joining bands, even if I sucked, right? Taking lessons. I flew to Ireland and Canada just to go to these like week-long drum camps, even like reading reviews on products that have to do with this, right? You're just immersing yourself. You know, you can spend years learning Spanish or you could just move to Mexico. 
right? One of those is going to be faster than the other. There's nothing like doing something to actually gain the skills. So that's the chapter immersion. And then the last one is C for consistency. And it's just building the habits. And then the very last chapter is called becoming that is about kind of giving back and just more kind of, you know, the first five chapters are kind of about yourself. And then the last chapter is about using that to help others. I'm tempted. Normally I buy every book and read it the hardcover or the paperback, but I'm tempted just to get the audible version just because your voice is so amazing. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that before. We've established that. Well, I wonder, can you take us back in time a little bit, Josh, to a time when you were struggling to find that best version of self? Take us back to a time when you were undergoing some type of challenge. And please share with the listeners whatever challenge comes to mind and start at that point, please. And we'll unpack how you got to here. Sure, man. I think the whole story starts at age 17. I knocked up my girlfriend while I was in high school. So my senior year, my son was born. I remember that was a, a huge turning point. I had to get a real job. I had to like figure this thing out. And, and I thought that you were supposed to do that. I thought that, oh, okay, I, th I think I'm supposed to get married now because that's just what happens. And so I think I lived the next 12 years of my life just living a life that others expected of me or that I thought others expected of me, you know? I wouldn't say there was this huge pressure, but I certainly probably put that pressure on myself and thought, you know, this is the life that's expected. And it wasn't until age 30 that I just kind of burned it all down. But just backtracking a little bit in my 20s, early 20s, I got a job. Brace yourself because <laughs> no one ever expects this. I got a job as a corrections officer. What? A, I know it makes no oh. sense because I was 21 and they were hiring and it sounded like an interesting job. And I did that for five years. And after five years, it felt like I was in jail because it was 12 and a half hour shifts. And I mean, dude, in the winter time, I would wake up at 4.30 a.m. The sun's not out. And I would go home, leave work at 6.30 p.m. and the sun's not out. And I mean, there's just days of just not seeing the sun and you're in jail and you're around criminals. And But one thing that I always say that I don't regret it, I learned a lot of people skills and there's a lot of skills that you learn talking to a thousand criminals every day and making sure that you don't get your ass beat. Those are skills. So Eternal I did that optimist comes out in situation. You took it, you learned something from it and you got a smile on your face right now. So thank exactly. you. Yep. So I did that for five years. And then I was just like, dude, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I don't care what needs to happen, but this needs to not be the case anymore. So at that time, real estate was on fire. It must've been around 2005, got into the business, but didn't get in soon enough to avoid the crash 07. And so 2007, I always say it was like my trifecta of bad credit, right? I like, I lost a house, filed bankruptcy and I got a divorce on top of that. That was age 30. And I got another job for a while, but I kept pushing forward with real estate and I was just determined to make it work. I told myself, there's no way if I don't put 40 hours a week into this, that I can't sell at least one house every month, you know? So eventually that turned around and the rest is history, man. There's other stories along the way, but I mean, that was kind of my turning point at age 30. Wow. Somehow in that crash in 2007, when the trifecta happened, somehow you made it through that. How did you survive and make it through that? That sounds like something that would literally crumble most people. Josh. Well, so I kept doing mortgage loans. I was actually a lender 
not a real estate agent. I got an apartment, uh, two bedroom. So each of my kids could have their own bedroom. I slept on the couch when I had them. I think my rent was 650 bucks a month. I got a few months behind on my rent. I was behind on my car payment. Things were taking forever to close back then because everything was like a bank owned property. No one knew what was going on. They hadn't seen it in decades, right? I just remember this one loan took three months to close this deal. And the house was 150,000. And he was putting 50% down. It was a $75,000 loan. And I had to keep extending, extending, extending. And everyone always asked the lender to eat everything. So I still remember to this day, it finally closed. I think I made 400 bucks. I call the realtor to congratulate her. She's nonchalantly just kind of says, okay, cool. Thanks. Like this wasn't really a big deal for me. I think I only made $4,000 on this one. And I was like, wait a minute, 400, 4,000. I did more work than she did. Like I was talking to the client every day. So that day I drove to a real estate office and said, what do I need to do to be a real estate agent? I actually went to the one that she worked at because that was just in my mind. So I sign up. The next day I go to the board of real estate. I buy 12 open house signs. They just are generic. They say bank owned open house. I find a bank owned open house, right? I mean a bank owned house because it's empty. And I put up all my signs and at least 40 people came through that open house. And one person said, I want to write an offer on the house. The offer didn't even get accepted. I wrote an offer, didn't get accepted. Now that I think about it, it might've been the one that I walked into the office. But it doesn't matter because I just like, I had this light bulb moment of, wait, if I just did this every day or five days a week, there's no way this isn't going to work. There's just no way. And that's what I did. I did open houses during the weekday. I always did them close to a main intersection, the least amount of turns possible because no one ever buys that house. They buy a house, but they rarely buy that house. You're just trying to meet people. I also started posting listings on Craigslist. So I'd get calls from people that wanted to see it. And then the third thing I would do is just like go flyer like apartment buildings. So, I mean, those three things fast forward, like four months, I was completely caught up on all my bills. And then even a few months after that, I gave my parents a check for 12 grand because I kind of forgot that part of the story. I'd borrowed all this money to try to stay afloat. Yeah. And then a year later, like I met these investors because I said yes to a text. You want to hear about that? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and don't worry, these are all in the book and in the audiobook. So a year later, things are going good and I'm showing houses in San Diego and I just keep borrowing the lockbox key from the manager because San Diego has their own lockbox system and I just like didn't want to pay the 10 bucks a month for the card because I wasn't showing a lot of houses there. He must have put two and two together. I get a text and it says, do you want to meet investors from San Diego? Now, I could have asked a million questions, but for whatever reason, I said, yes. And he goes, cool. They're going to be in the office on Thursday. You'll be fine. And I was like, wait, what? Like, okay. So I meet these investors and they go, hey, we would like to start flipping houses and we need a real estate agent to help us. And we haven't done any, but our whole goal is if we can just do two a month, that would be amazing. And we need a real estate agent to help us. So I just totally bullshit through the whole thing, man. I'm like, oh yeah, I could totally help you. And we know contractors and we got relationships with banks and blah, blah, blah. And I can get people to bid at the auction for you. No problem. And then they go, okay, cool. Send us a proposal tonight. And I'm like, proposal? Could have swore I just gave them a proposal, right? So I get home and I Google proposal template and I download this Word doc. Dude, I still have it on my computer. It's amazing. I should post that on my website. Please send it. I'll put it in the show notes if you'd like. 
for sure. I should. I will. So I type up a proposal and I send it to them. And they called me and they go, hey, we bought a house. Meet us tomorrow at this house with the contractor that you always work with. And I was like, oh, dude. So I call around and a couple people had recommended this guy, Greg. I called Greg. Hey, man, I don't know. This might be an opportunity. Will you meet me at this house tomorrow? Let's get there 30 minutes before them. Let's totally bro out. Like, we know each other. We work together. He's like, all right, let's do this. I had no idea who he was. We meet, we bro out, we walk them through the whole house. We tell them, oh, this is what you should do to sell it, yada, yada, yada. They go, okay, we'll let you know. We all get in our cars, my phone rings. They say, hey, send me a listing agreement. I said, okay. That turned into, I ended up selling 375 houses for them in like a three or four year span. Completely changed my life. What? Not only that, me and Greg are now still amazing friends, what, 12 years later. And then another investor heard about what I was doing. And one year I sold 165 houses and it just completely changed my life, right? I got on the job training for flipping houses. So then I started flipping houses. I started my own real estate brokerage, built it up to 50 agents. Again, all of this because I said yes to one text. Instead of asking random questions, I just said, no, let's roll with it. Wow. I don't remember how we got on that, but yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Saying yes. So that was a year later after I had gone into real estate. Wow. We got on that because I asked about the challenging part in 2007. Yeah. And all of this continued to happen for you and the tidal wave of what you could say is success or finding that best version happened because you started to say yes and take action. Yeah. And once the flipping business kind of dried up, it was almost perfect timing of meeting the guy for coffee and him saying, oh, you should check out this event. And that led to building a real estate team. And then that real estate team ended up selling 200 and some houses and being ranked in the top 10 in California. And then that led to me selling the real estate brokerage and team two years ago. But I remained on. And I mean, the timing is perfect because as we speak, the company that purchased us is going out of business and giving us our companies back. So I am right this second, not only launching a book at the end of this month, but I'm resurrecting three different real estate companies all day long. That to be continued, man. Dude, and you're like the coolest, smoothest delivery ever of that. I would love to put a, a link in the show notes for your next event. If it's a public event, Oh, it is. Uh, it, or if it's yeah. virtual or in person, whatever it is, because I like to attend. I, you're playing this tune and it's like, uh, I love everything I'm hearing, man. This is inspirational stuff, Josh. Thanks, man. So the, the next event would be December 3rd in San Diego, and it'll be live by the time we publish this. It'll be bestversionever.com slash, I don't know, events or something like that. It should show up at the top of the page, but that's in San Diego. Ideally, my plan before I found out this month that I would be restarting three different real estate companies, my plan was actually to next year to do more of these events. So I will say there will be more. I just don't know what that looks like right this second, other than San Diego, December 3rd. Awesome. Well, I'd love to um, ask you in a minute about how we find out more about you. If there's anything else you'd like to share with us. But before we get to that wrap up, I'd love to go to just what's next? What is it that you see in the future that's just got you really excited that you're going to offer the world or, or offer people around you? Just what, what's your future vision, Josh? So two things at the same time. I'm honestly quite excited about resurrecting the real estate companies because 
when I sold two years ago, it sounded fun. It sounded like a milestone. But if there was anything I learned from this, it was that I actually really valued the whole independent vibe that we all had. And it, it's like a little family. So I'm excited to go back to that. But more than that, I think I'm just as excited about the book launch and all the different things that it'll lead to. You know, I'm excited about doing the events. That's probably what I love most. Nothing brings me as much joy as that. You know, the plan after this one was to actually have like an ongoing, almost like cohort, you know, like a cool, we went to the event, but it doesn't stop there. The accountability and the coaching from that point on, it's just, like I said, I'm taking a little segue right now for the real estate thing, but the plan is to keep that going, the momentum of the event going into next year. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Tell us any more websites or links or social media. How can we find out more about what Josh Painter's up to? Sure thing. So on Instagram, I'm Josh Painter. On Facebook, I'm Joshua Painter. And then bestversionever.com. Any of those sites, you'll be led elsewhere. Sweet, sweet. When's the next Pearl Jam concert? They don't have anything booked anymore. So they just finished their tours. But I've been in the fan club for 20 some years just because I get first crack at the tickets. So I will be there. Awesome. Well, appreciate you, Josh, everything that did today. And of course, we wish you continued success. We love your story and just love everything you shared. And thanks so much for coming on today, brother. Appreciate you. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for listening to the Eternal Optimist podcast. You can check the show notes for information about today's episode. And please share the show with that friend who is wanting to think bigger. We'll see you next time.